is in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. Our prayers have been answered, Liz. Oh, have they? They have. Pedro, where are you? <laughs> There's no Pedro Pascal coming I, in. I can't smell a manly Rambo around here. Well, I tried. <laughs> no, uh, a movie that you and I have both been looking for for a very long time mm. is finally getting a 4K digital remaster. What? James Cameron's The Abyss. Yay! Because you have not been able to get it anywhere. It's just been unavailable for years. And I, I own the original yeah. DVD in the special deluxe uh, box, but anyway. There you go. Well, enjoy your 376 by 512 resolution. I'm sure that's yes. awesome. <laughs> but it's been remastered in 4K and it's coming out and it's going uh, to be in theatres for one day. I am so excited. Yeah, I don't think it's happening here in Adelaide, but it's going to be in theatres for one day and then it's getting a, a limited release on streaming services. Do you think anyone who made that film is excited about it being released? Like, no one. Everyone. No, everyone who worked on that film fucking hated making that film. Well, at the time, but I think now <laughs> they're able to step back and realise what... I think it's one of... I think it's the most underrated film. I think it is, I think it is James Cameron's masterpiece. It is... Well, calm down. Okay, there. Aliens is up there, but I think The Abyss... Because, look, the Aliens is essentially a shoot 'em up It's not... Yeah, I know. But it's also a brilliant shoot 'em up The Abyss is high concept. It's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but in a much more, you know. See, I, I resent that just because it's like sci-fi action doesn't mean that it's not art. I, I genuinely think it's art. And it's a feminist empowerment manifesto. It's, and it's one of the few science fiction films where any actor involved has been nominated for an Academy Award. But... Does it have Michael Bean with a moustache? Oh, that's how you know he's evil. <laughs> yeah. As soon as he shows up twirling that little thing, it's <laughs> the abyss, tombstone. It's the moustache. It turns him evil. The twiddly moustache, very evil. And he plays it so well. So well. Yeah. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to it coming out. Surely well. Like, yeah. even when he goes, like, crazy, you're a bit like, oh, mm. oh, I shouldn't be turned on by, like, oh. Michael Bean with the Benz, but it turns out Michael Bean with the Benz. Yeah. I'd let him put bubbles of nitrogen in my blood. Oh. <laughs> 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 He'd leave you with cramps at the bottom of the ocean. Ooh. He could ignite my fuse. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's uh. I'm really looking forward to it. We need to do a whole episode on just how... Much of a fucking disaster that film was. When I oh my god! Yes, nearly killed several actors. Yes, including Ed Harris. And there was a period where J, uh, James Cameron's own brother didn't talk to him after the abyss. Wow, because he was pissed off. Wow, but worth it. Worth it. Yeah, the whole film amazing. Yeah, so underrated. so he went full Ridley Scott and he's like, "Fuck the cast! I'm going to make the best movie ever." Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, with the greatest respect for Ridley Scott, Blade Runner is still top five. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As I, much as I hate to say it, because, you know, Ridley is just destroying the universe faster than a xenomorph no. infestation with his 
prequel crap. Yeah, but oh, yeah. So he's, what, what about Napoleon? I'm looking forward to that. Mm. That looks really good. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. No, I, it's like just it's Joaquin, like just treading over the world, making everyone vegan or blowing them up. <laughs> Can't wait. He's got to redeem himself for Joker. Oh God, the incel manifesto. Oh, I was what? No, you know what? I <sighs> look. I really like the movie Joker. I don't like what it did to people. It was Fight Club for the people that didn't understand that Fight Club was satire. Yes. yes. So that's the wrong people watched Joker and thought it's about me and identified with yeah. it. Yes, and of course you and you demonstrated there was an unfortunate period of incels showing up at open mo- mic nights. In- yeah, dressed as the Joker, talking about how they were going to correct the ills in society. Yeah. And we're like, fuck that, and called the cops. I know. Oh, my God. The worst part is they didn't realise they were the ill in society. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Look, that all that and, like, fucking billionaires. That being said, eat the fucking rich. <laughs> oh, my God. i got to admit, I'm sorry. I am, I am not at the top of my game. No. A, I know, I like, I know that neither of us have got much sleep lately, and I kind of feel like I'm in, I'm in like day two of that Russian experiment, you know, where they didn't let people like sleep. Oh, I thought for- you were going to say the 2020 US election. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Yeah. Whereas like they didn't let people sleep, and then you know people were just like, ah, see, I am the spice, and then people were <laughs> like cutting other people open and wearing them as hats, and yeah. just you know. Um, so I kind of feel like I'm in day two of that. Yeah. Because I haven't, you know, I had an upset tummy. Um, oh my god! And guess what I did? Guess what I did? Uh, it has to involve a cat. I locked myself out of my house. Again? Again! That, that's after locking myself out of the house just like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But it, was, like, it wasn't my fault though because, you know, I got the call. A friend was upset, you know, oh my God. So we just like running into my house. I fed the cats, went running out, bottle of booze in one hand, hot chips in the other hand. Oh. Like, it's an emergency. Like the greatest St. Bernard ever. Didn't bother to take the keys with me to the wooden door, which is again the problem. I just keep taking the keys to the screen door. I didn't discover this until I pulled up to my house. Okay. At night. Okay. After a couple of bevies straight and all the way home, I'd been driving. I'm like, Oh my god, I'm gonna poop my pants. Oh my god, I'm gonna poop my pants. Oh my god, I'm gonna like, poop my pants. Don't poop your pants, you're almost home. Sweat, sweat dripping down me. I get to my house. I can't where's the key? Where's the <laughs> I can get like the front door open, but not the side door. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna shit myself. I'm gonna shit myself. And it's like it's like a Wednesday night. There is nothing open. There is no one near me. I'm like, oh my god, this is a crisis. This is a crisis. As the sweat is coming out of me, I'm like, you could have, you could act, man. You gotta act, man. I have got the scissors out of my bag. I am chopping up the two liter Coke bottle so that I can try to like break into my front door, even though the locksmith told me explicitly last time that would not work on my type of door. I'm like, gonna make it happen, man. Gonna make it happen. Ah, 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 ah. Wouldn't happen. Got another like Coke like bottle just ah wouldn't went around ah shaking every like window to my house like oh my god oh my god the sweat's increasing i'm like it's gonna happen man it's gonna happen oh my god don't shit yourself don't shit yourself i'm like surely there's a key maybe i put a key somewhere and not realize i'm like out in the shed like sweet jesus let there be a key that i've forgotten i put 
there was nothing. All I could find was a fucking pirate hat. Okay, I might have shot in a pirate hat. There was a decision that had to be made. The pirate hat chose poorly. I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, oh, sweet Jesus. So I'm like, I am now in the lowest point of my life. I've just shat in a pirate hat. What? You really did this? What? The captain's outside now can't make you, like, won't look me in the eyes because just see me shit in a pirate hat. The captain's outside is now screaming, like, why won't you come in and love me? And I'm just like, the shame and the guilt. I just want to get in my house. And I'm like, I'm going to have to sleep in my God, knowing I'm just shat in a pirate hat. Like, oh my God, because I can't leave. I've got the cat outside. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. There is a random window. Right. That I never unlock. I've never remembered. I've never unlocked it. Okay. I've never unlocked it. Okay. Out of just shame, I'm just like, against the window. It moves. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what? And it just keeps moving. It keeps moving. I'm like, sweet Jesus. I had to get a, a fucking chair, get the window open because it's up high. I had to like, and then spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to get my old fat self in a window and get my legs around. I get in the window. I literally break everything in my house trying to like slither through, but luckily I'm sweaty and I'm filled with shame. And I'm just like, I am like that guy in the X-Files. I am just full tombs. (laughs) I slide into my house just oozing shame. And then I went and had a hot shower. There is nothing <sighs> more spiritual than having a hot shower and then putting on your warm, fluffy pajamas after thinking you were going to have to sleep in your car. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel so much better. I feel so much happy. Until the next day I came out and I went to put the trash in the bin and there it was. The pirate hat. My favourite pirate hat too. This is not a. This, this is a photo I've seen of you wearing this hat on Facebook. Is that the one? Yes. Let's rewind a second. Yeah. Let's let's see a. What? It was just the decision that ha- it's like the abyss. You can't question, man. Is you got to cut the red wire or cut the blue wire? Okay. Decisions had to be made. Lives depended on it. All right. Somebody had to act. I'm sure they did. Be the hero. <laughs> let's just let's just establish what led to this. Particular chain of decision making. Pirate hat. First of all, I need to know the technique. Were you standing? Were you squatting? Like, what was it? Was it like full dumb and dumber? Because this is like the, a bad sketch from Mad TV no, where I am the fucking pirate with a hat from Harry Potter. Like, what house is she in? Animal house. <laughs> I am not Mythbuster recreating it, all right? We're not getting a dummy in here. Okay. Just, just no. So you shit in the pirate hat. Okay. Did I or. Did the pirate hat always be destined to have a shit in it? Okay. The, the thing that really perplexes me is mm. I've been to your house. Mm. You have a very large yard mm. with, a, with an exposed garden. Mm. Why didn't you just channel your inner cat and go over to the veggie patch? You can't just, sh- you can't just, you can't just shit in your yard. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Honour. You've got to shit in a pirate hat like a gentleman. <laughs> like, yes. What the Right. One, we're in a crisis, one shits in one's 
that? You don't just, I'm not an animal. I don't just shit on the lawn like a dog. And then what do you do? Then you just got a human shit on your lawn. You can't just walk away and leave a human shit yeah, on your lawn. You kick some dirt over it. That's what you do. You kick some dirt over it and you're it's done. Still shit with a little oh, salt bay on it of dirt. No. I'm not saying plant a potato in it like fucking the dude in the Martian. This what? is not Mad Max 2, alright? Society has <laughs> standards, alright? Okay, well, you've still shat in a pirate hat. Like a gentleman. <laughs> Which, let's face it, back in the pirate days probably happened quite regularly. It, it pretty much makes me one of the most piratey pirates that's ever pirated. Okay. Uh, note to self, never ever lend you a hat. Also, maybe leave a key here. I'm, I'm Devo, because it was my Captain Morgan pirate hat, and I loved that hat. Well, from now on, whenever Captain I go to the... Captain Morgan, to- <laughs> if you're looking, I could use a new hat. From now on, any time I go to the toilet, it's either for number one or a Captain Morgan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not proud of it, but I'm just saying, there was a decision that had to be made, all right? I keep saying it. Don't wait for Superman. Don't wait for Wonder Woman. Be your own damn hero. Yeah, I can see you chair backwards, sitting on it like a cowboy, giving a lecture to the kids at school. This is how you do it. Take charge, like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Be the change you want to see in the world. Holding my hot pirate hat. What? But, what did you do with the pirate hat? But that being said, okay, I am so glad that I did because if I had tried to climb into that window, yeah. It would have been a crime scene. Yeah. It would have been something out of, like, Predator. You're telling me... Just running down the jungle walls. Okay, you're telling me that you breaking into a house with a freshly topped-off shit-filled hat is not a crime? What? I didn't take it in the house with me. What'd you do with it? I need to know what you did with it. I, you know, I gave it a proper Viking funeral and pushed it off into the ocean. Shot a flaming arrow, another flaming arrow into it. So you put it, you just all, put it in the wheelie bin. That is all we. Were. Well, then there's the question. I'm like, fuck. Which bin do I put this in? Because obviously it's a shit. You'd think, okay, it's like an organic bin, but it's in a pirate hat. <laughs> it's a pirate hat made from cotton, <laughs> or is it? Or is it <laughs> polyester? Where Captain Morgan makes their pirate hats from? And then I'm like, <laughs> just on the phone to them at three in the morning. <laughs> I've got a waste disposal question. Say, for instance, a woman who lives with several cats. Shat in one of your promotional hats. Mm, mm. So there was a shat, okay. Green bin or red bin? Mm, mm. But now, the picture, you said shat is in a pirate hat, yes. What uh, what bin does that go in? War on waste? <laughs> it was such a big decision, I wasn't sure. You yeah. totally realise we're getting pirate hat merch now. We're getting a little fucking turd-filled pirate hat bra- oh badge. God, no, with just like a plastic lining on oh. the inside. Oh. I'm not like... This was this was a this was a John McClane Christmas party Nakatomi Towers once in a lifetime emergency situation. Okay, this is not something that happens regularly. He did not send a corpse down the elevator with a sign on it said "Shat in your hat." He didn't do that. That would have sent a message though. <laughs> yeah, they would have. Oh, oh, they just would have walked out. Hans <laughs> Gruber packs up. There's no. We are dealing with someone. No. No. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm packing the shit now. See, I, I saw your Instagram story saying that you were locked out. I'm like, do I go and offer to help? Really fucking glad I didn't. Now, shine a torch around the corner, and there you are. <laughs> Like a fucking skinwalker. Can I say yes to everyone who follows me on Instagram? Thank you. I did get a lot of like messages of like, are you okay? 
Yeah, because it was after I got at my house. I was very frazzled. Um, See, I was going to comment when you came here, like, you know, your cardi's looking real sharp. You've got the colour-coded nails, all that sort of stuff going on. Your hair's looking good. But now you're telling me you've just shit in a hat. You're shit in one pirate hat. And it wasn't even a party. You were just locked out. Am I Liz the podcaster? No. I'm getting you a crovel. Getting you a technical shovel. So next time this happens, you can dig yourself a polite little hole like you're camping. There will be no next time, all right? This was this was a one-off, all right? This is not going to be a Christmas movie that's coming back every season. Oh, this is John Farnham. 40 fucking no. years later every year. Shatting me in the fucking space helmet. But there's not a lot of room in there. Are you thinking of your children? Can you see your children? <gasps> It's a spaceship. No. 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 And somehow, ironically enough, our old chat episode was our lowest rating ever. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have this gold. Who knew? Who knew? Oh, look, that was something like we threw in. We're thinking of, you know, maybe in the next year we're going to split off. We're going to do two podcasts. Obviously, this one, true crime, horror, um, all that's wrong with the world. And then another one just. Which we are actually going to do. Shooting the shit. Yeah. Yes, but we did actually get some feedback from some of our amazing listeners. Um, we actually had a conversation. We'll get to the true crime horror, but before we get there, mm. we actually had a conversation on, how, you know, a different, I guess, different slang vernacular on how to say, you know, the opposite of jamming with your clam out, you know, <laughs> stopping the clam. Yeah. Okay. Um some of our listeners sat down and had a jolly good thought of it. And some of them send us multiple messages they were thinking of them. So this, this was born from, we need better than calm your tits. Yes. Would you like, would you like some of them? Oh, yeah, I'll read some of them out. All right. We'll get this. Okay. These are all options. We got a lot of options from Alison Candy Dandy. I need to know, did you wipe your ass with one of our scripts? I just did that last week. Okay. Are you ready? These are some of Alison's suggestions. My ass on your face in a minute. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so these are, these are some of the suggestions, all right? We've got Renee, who came up with Subdue Your Hoo Hoo. Oh, nice. I like that. Dude, that's pretty good. Oh, is it oh, my turn? Yeah. So this is one of Alison's. Relax your cracks. <laughs> not bad. Not bad, not bad. Give us a couple. Relax your flaps. Mm-hmm. Recline your vagina. Oh, I like that. That's not bad at all. Yeah. It's got a bit of a comforting feel to it. Uh, Ali has come up with kaput your mut. Oh. It's got a bit of a rhymey to it. It does. Manage your flange. Oh. Um, push the... Sn- all right. This is her particular favourite. Okay. Yeah. Snooze your coos. I do like that. And it comes up with a backup. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you've got, obviously, snooze your coos. Yeah. The longer version, push the snooze your coos button. Oh, there you go. I, I like, like it. it. I've got distress your mess. Okay. Settle your petal. Mm. Oh. oh, no. Now, the next two, apparently, I need to do on a Sean Connery accent, which is why you've given it to me, I take it. Uh, hush your bush. <laughs> or hush your puss. Okay, and when you do a Sean Connery accent, this will be great. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Southern Belle for everything. <laughs> There's a nuanced diversity to all of my accents, I'll have you know. I also do like Detox Your Box. Oh, that's a good one. That does sound like something that Gwyneth Paltrow sells, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a gloop candle up, yeah. <laughs> um, I also... Um, <laughs> I came up with a couple through the week. Um, I came up with Shushay the Pussy. Not bad. Uh, don't rave your cave. Oh. But my particular favourite, Latch Your Snatch. Latch Your Snatch. Latch Your Snatch. Perfect. Keep that one. Peace out, Poon. Ah. That's a little Kami Coochie. It's enough from your chuff. That would have also worked with Muff. Ah, enough. Yep, Yep. I I like that. Chill your (laughs) cha-cha, chill your choo-choo, or hush your (laughs) hoo-ha. They're pretty good. I like that. Oh, my God. It's like a whole, like, variety. You know what? We should create, like, Christmas crackers that just come up with a different, like, slogan <laughs> for the front of your hat for when, like, the fight start. You can just pop it out and just put, shoosh, your boof. <laughs> what fight? Well, Christmas time. Everyone's, like, everybody's family oh, fights at Christmas time. Of course. No one wants to wear the little hats out of the fucking Christmas crackers at your place. No, just latch it. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Comes with toilet paper built in. Oh my god! Again, you shit in one pirate hat. I told you that. I was, I was like. At least I used the steps of a bank. Ah, you weren't there, man. It was a crisis. I stepped up. I've been there. I have been there. (laughs) Okay, just just to share the pain, I'll give you. I'll give you one example from my heavily alcoholic past. Uh huh. (laughs) So I was living in a in a remote town in the states far north. Uh, basically a mining town, post-industrial, very violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot to do there. After 7 o'clock, the place just got dead. Okay. I worked at the newspaper there. And uh, most weekends I wouldn't stick around. One weekend, though, I decided to stay in town just to see. Yeah. If I could go out and meet people, I had no friends there because I'm a fucking weirdo that's into horror movies and heavy metal and not sure. f- not football and cricket. Sure, that's the reason. Yeah. yeah. So went to the pub. There was no one there. I thought, oh. well, this fucking sucks. So I went home. And I decided to buy a bottle of vodka and some orange juice. Service station didn't have any orange juice. They only had grapefruit juice. So I started drinking vodka and grapefruit juice. At some point, about one in the morning, decided, nah, the pub's open. I'm going to go back there again. Far too pissed to drive. So I walk. Uh-huh. And I'm about, it's about a 4K walk. I get most of the way there. Yeah. The grapefruit juice needs to come out. I just I thought about using the train station. I thought about using the public park. All mm-hmm. sorts of there's no public toilets in that town. Mm-hmm. They're all locked because mm-hmm. you will get stabbed. Yeah. But I do remember yes. at the back of our work, we have what is colloquially referred to in Australia as a thunderbox. Oh god. An old outdoor toilet. Uh-huh. It's padlocked normally. Uh-huh. There's no way I'm making it home. I walk up to that thing, I kick it open. Like literally, like, you know, FBI open up. Kick it open. There's no light in there. Yeah. I've had to go by sound. I'm shitting like Batman. Okay. Just pure, yeah. pure ultrasonics yeah. bouncing off the walls. Get up, flush the toilet. Everything's fine. I go home. Monday at work, mm-hmm. we have a notice placed on our, on our desks mm-hmm. that just say, due to the actions of homeless people, <laughs> the toilet is out of order. <laughs> How big was your shit? Uh, well, it's more uh, uh, what. So, you know, like in Hiroshima, they didn't detonate the bomb on the ground. Uh-huh. They did it from a distance. Yeah. Your your tingly senses were not working. Not working. I decided to go for the long drop rather than the proximal approach. It wasn't a NASA doc, it wasn't a NASA docking mission. This was a pure space junk. So you just you hovered. You backed up I and hovered. hovered. You yeah. didn't sit down. No. Because that toilet was disgraceful at the best of times. I didn't want to sit on it. But it turns out I look, there's a difference between spray painting and Jackson Pollock, and I went Jackson Pollock. 
Anyway, my drunken antics got us a whole new toilet built. Oh, there you go. So in a small way, I'm a hero. In no way, shape or form whatsoever, are you a hero in that story? Yeah, well, depends who you tell it to. (laughs) No one. Yeah. Hitler? I don't (laughs) know. No one. No. Anyway, the difference is I was 20. See, I'm not ageist. I Uh believe that anybody can reach their peak at whatever age they are. That is true. What are we talking about today? Such a hater. What are we talking about today, Captain Morgan? (laughs) Well, you know what? Talking about having to take a short walk in the woods. (laughs) That totally brings us to the topic of this week, would you believe? I would. Oh, my Lord. What are the chances? Four children went for a walk in the woods, which I know is pretty much the beginning of every horror film ever. Don't worry, the kids are fine. Oh. But what's not fine is a great big pile of dead dick that they found. What? Mm. Dead dicks? Dead dick. Oh. At first, the children think it is the bloated remains of a pig because the children are survivors, but they are idiots. (laughs) What they are looking at is the bloated torso of one of the dicks in their local community. Right. This dick was deader than Dickens. Police would begin an investigation and every man and his dick would be blamed. Would the police ever get a hand on this dick's early demise? (laughs) The answer came quick to some. Others would see no happy ending. As this week we take a firm grip on one of the most notorious homicides in Canadian history. Oh. A crime that made the Canadians absolutely upset. Oh. In no time for dicking around. Me. Or all in all, you're just uh, another dick in the fall. Hey. (laughs) Can't believe you didn't go for dick in a boot. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, well now that's what we need to call it. Oh my god. Or you can't handle the dick! Oh <laughs> You said that to me like it was a challenge. <laughs> Evelyn McLean was born on the thirteenth of October in nineteen twenty to Scottish parents Donald and Alexandra McLean in Ontario, Canada. Beautiful part of the world. Immigrated for a better life. Yeah. At least that's what they said. Oh. Growing up in Hamilton, which is about a 40-minute drive in a modern car from Toronto, Canada. Okay. Evelyn's father, Donald, worked as a streetcar conductor for the Hamilton Street Railway. Nice. Donald was a bastard. Oh. Is that a profession back then? Actually, I think it might have been. <laughs> I think it might have been, yeah. He was an abusive, molesting alcoholic who stole money from the Hamilton Street Railway, both from the vaults and directly from passengers' hands. Wow, okay. And Evelyn's mother was pretty much cut from the same cloth. She too was a bastard with an explosive temper. 
So this already rankles with me because we're conditioned to believe that Canadians are just perfect. Well, they weren't Canadian. Ah, of course. Mm. Yeah. Despite their obvious similarities, the two often did not get on. Oh. And didn't like each other. Because they were bastards. (laughs) But they knew a bastard when they met one. (laughs) And they would often spend more time apart than together. They had a child. A bastard? Evelyn. Oh. No, technically married. Ah, okay. Evelyn did not play outside with the other children from her neighbourhood. Her parents would not let her out, telling her besides the fact that she was better than the other children, she was far too fragile to play with the common street children. Erin. Evelyn was sent to the super elite, super expensive Loretto Academy, which was a private Catholic girls' school for her education. Mm. Private Catholic girls' school. We all know where this is going. Yeah. Dick! (laughs) Honestly, they all just get fixated about the dick. Well, I didn't go to an all-girls school, so I wouldn't know. No, but I've met a lot of chicks who have. Yeah. It's it. They just they become so focused on the dick, like you know, normal like you know, high school. They're just around, and you're like, eh, whatever. Ugh. When you don't have access to any, oh my god, yeah. Pornography has lied to me. <laughs> I thought they had pillow fights and strap-ons. Pillow fights with the dick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. So she went to the private Catholic school. Others wondered how the family managed to pay for such an expensive school on her husband's meagre salary. But it wasn't just the school. The McLeans lived very well with fine food and clothes, which should have been far outside their income. Oh, right. Obviously, because they're Canadian, nobody said anything. (laughs) Too polite. Evelyn would often be sent shopping with bags full of nickels, which coincidentally at the time was the fare paid by customers to Ah. ride the (laughs) streetcar. Now in her teens, Evelyn's parents pushed her to climb the Hamilton social circles and encouraged her to host outrageously expensive parties at Hamilton's finest hotel, the Royal Kudahoot Hotel. <laughs> if you put royal in front of anything, it just makes it more fancy. Uh, let's try that. Royal shitting in a pirate hat. You're right. Like a gentleman. Yes, oh, Prince Charles, I presume. <laughs> that's why they put those curtains around him. Ah, that's why when at you, the coronation. That's why when you bow, you offer your hat. Yeah. You, oh. Number two, sire. Do you need to refresh yourself after the trip? Why, thank you, I will. (laughs) Because that's what a gentleman does. Out comes a servant's soul. (laughs) Get back here. You'll never be released. Get back there. (laughs) Get the royal stuffer. Clean my colon. (laughs) Oh, my lord. Who needs lettuce when you have the dead souls of the poor? (laughs) Lettuce? There's no fibre in lettuce. Oh my god, lettuce is the, like, scrubbing wool of your colon. It's, that's fucking celery. 
No, I'm sure it's lettuce. It's not lettuce. Lettuce is like 99% water. No, but it does something to you it does when nothing. it's up there. It does. does nothing. It totally does. Lettuce has no fibre. It's celery you're thinking of. If you're a head of lettuce, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> what do you do with the bowel? They do. I swear. It like... It's like your ass and like that towel with your crutch. It's like... Just one lettuce a day and you'll be filling your pirate hat before you know it. It's very good for your bowels, I'm sure. Uh, so they went to the Royal Hotel and she would freely spend huge sums on other finer people, buying them gifts, paying for the meals of everyone at the table. But Evelyn was never really accepted into the elite social circles. In her teens, Evelyn became an attractive young woman. Oh, well, she was not welcomed into the arms of society at her parents' encouragement. So it was her parents who encouraged her to do all of these things. Like, it wasn't like an enthusiastic 12-year-old organising tea parties. No. So she was not welcomed into the arms of the super elite, but she was welcomed into the arms of several wealthy Older men in the community. Uh, never ends well, does it? <sighs> Ew. Yeah. The McLeans encouraged their daughter. She encouraged them to get the men to buy her expensive things like fur coats and jewellery. Oh. Even... An apartment. Evelyn would often accompany these men to the local racetrack or out of town for picnics. Yeah, dicknicks. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going with that dicknick basket? What, nothing? <laughs> All you're packing is a pirate hat and a dicknick basket. <laughs> Twelve condoms and a pirate hat. And a <laughs> bottle of Captain Morgan rum. And a partridge. In a, <laughs> in a shat tree. Ugh. In 1942, aged 22, oh. Evelyn fell pregnant and gave birth to a daughter that was born with mental and learning challenges. Oh, dear. The fact that an unwed woman was having a baby was a source of much gossip about the town. I can imagine so. So the McLean started telling everyone that their daughter was in fact married to a man named Mr. White. Mr. White. Who just happened to be in the army. Oh, of course. And just happened to be deployed it's to a, Europe. It's a pretty, pretty good time to get away with shit like that. Now, there's like a whole war on, so yeah. that's why you've never met him. <laughs> he's totally real. Mm-hmm. He just, and he's just, he's just overseas fighting Jerry. Apparently for his whole life, because there was no record of a Mr. White ever living in the area. <laughs> Evelyn's mother took care of the baby. And encouraged her daughter to continue unencumbered in her dating life. <laughs> wow, what an evolved grandma. Yeah. Mm. Or, <clears throat> madam. <laughs> 
The following summer, Evelyn fell pregnant again, but the child was stillborn. The year after that, Evelyn fell pregnant again and gave birth to a baby boy named Peter David White. Of course. He's back. <laughs> yeah, he's popped in. Very quick visit. Oh, blink and you would have missed it. Cup of tea and a shag. No one knew for certain who really was the father of any of the children. But no one ever saw Evelyn with Peter. Donald McLean, that's the father, said she did not want another child in the house. So Evelyn told everyone that dared to inquire that she had given the child for adoption to the Children's Aid Society because her father had said no. (laughs) I love how... You know, there's those lectures about modern morals and all that kind of stuff. Back then, punch out a baby you don't want, give it to charity. Just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm married to a white man in Europe. (laughs) Can't raise this. Bye. Yeah, that's that's the civilised thing to do. (laughs) Absolutely. Not encourage and love it. (laughs) Don't wear a condom, that's a sin. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, Lord. So she says, okay, so I've given the child up for adoption. Then in June of 1945, Evelyn, her daughter, Heather, and her mother. So that was the first baby that was born. Yep, okay. And her mother, Alexandra, left Donald McLean in the house. And the three family members moved into an apartment in downtown Hamilton that had been gifted to her by one of her friends. Her suitors. After about a month, to everyone's shock, think of Mr. White. Oh, oh, hang on. Cut away. Cut away. What are you doing? Nothing. We don't have a pirate hat. (laughs) Where where are you going? What are you doing? We've only got a Stetson. Is that big enough? Don't look at me. Oh my what god. The, what just happened? Uh, nothing. What's up? So, she came back and went, I, I just gave my baby away to the Children's Society. So they moved into an apartment by themselves. After a month, to everyone's shock, <laughs> don't look behind you. What the fuck just happened then? You just went over to your back. Are you doing like coke? What are I you doing? Would. Are you blowing your nose like I, a lady? I, I gave it to charity. Did you blow your nose? It, I on. didn't blow anybody. Did you walk away from this podcast to blow your nose? Because that is that is just most indecorous. But you shat in a fucking hat. It was pirate hat. And I didn't just <laughs> randomly shit in a hat. All right. It was a crisis. This was a definitive moment, all right? This was a decision had to be made. Somebody had to step up and do it. That pirate hat was not going to get shit in by itself. I just wish that you weren't a vegan and you were really into horse racing and you had like a Melbourne Cup hat with a crazy fascinator and like sticks and twigs. So it would totally look like a dog has just gone in the dog park and gone up to a tree. This is the other reason you don't do it on the lawn. It was very clearly a giant human shit. <laughs> I, if I had, 
If I if I thought better, I should have done it in the giant pothole that's in my driveway because it would have filled it. Holy hell! (laughs) After a month, to everyone's shock, Evelyn announced she was getting married to John Dick. John Dick. John Dick. That's better than Dick Johnson, (laughs) my favourite race car driver. Her mother had never even heard her daughter mention the dick. (laughs) Now they're getting married. What? Just a few weeks previously, and not for the first time, Evelyn met Mr. Dick. John Dick. (laughs) This Dick was a Russian immigrant and worked as a streetcar driver. Evelyn told Dick that she was a widow, as her husband, Mr. White, had died in World War II. Oh, when did that happen? We just, like, I just felt like we just started to get to know Mr. White. Yeah. Now he's dead. No. Thank you for your service. (laughs) Your made-up imaginary service. (laughs) He died in the Battle of Imagination. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to find a picture of your hat. But I can't find one. Evelyn was 24. That's not my pirate hat. Where's That's a bandana. That would have been so much worse. <laughs> you would have been like the reverse stork. I've got a baby for you. <laughs> no, it's like, a, it's like a proper red pirate hat. Oh, it's red. I've never seen this one. Okay. No. We gotta put on an Enya song at the end. I'll send you a picture. Ooh, boo, boo, doo, 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 doo. So she's marrying a dick. <clears throat> yeah. Like you. Oh. He was a Russian immigrant and worked as a streetcar driver. He was 39 years old. Oh. She was 24. Who? Again, it's one of those, do you know what I mean? Like everyone else looking at this thing is like, dude, you are going to end up with your dick chopped off in the forest. Everyone can see this. It's, yeah. But he's riding that streetcar named Desire. Oh, my God. Every time. Every time. Every time dudes end up, what? This 18-year-old woman that I forced from another country for sexual servitude <laughs> doesn't love me. No. I want my money back. <laughs> Why doesn't she love me? I gave her 20 pounds to her parents. (laughs) So he was 39, she was 24. She's lived a life for 24. But regardless, after a few weeks, they got engaged from meeting. Mm -hmm. And after a few weeks more, the two were married in a small wedding ceremony on the 4th of October, 1945. Ah. Evelyn's parents were furious. This is what makes them get angry. This is what it is. Not the parties, the shagging, (laughs) all the babies. (laughs) Married at some dick. (sighs) Neither of the parents attended the wedding. Oh. But within a few days, (sighs) Evelyn realised that she had completely misunderestimated the size 
of this dick's pocket. Oh. And the two began to fight incessantly, almost immediately, because John Dick did not have enough money for the luxurious lifestyle she had previously become accustomed to. Oh, yeah. Not just from her boyfriends, but remember her dad also worked for, like, the railways, and they always had money. Yeah. Only five days after their wedding. Five. Days. Evelyn gave up and slept with boyfriend Bill Berserk. Bill Berserk? (laughs) What? How else do you say that name? Uh, Like, uh, uh, let's go with Berserk. Bohozuk? Bohozuk? It's Bill Berserk. Bill Berserk. And the two rekindled their relationship. It's caught between a dick and a berserk hard case. Regardless of this, and because men love drama, John convinced Evelyn to give their marriage another shot. Get some self-respect, dude. Five days in. Five days in. Someone, oh, it gets better. It gets better. Even though Evelyn kept seeing Bill on the side and possibly others as well. Yeah. They had been married for a month, but hadn't even moved in together. Wait for it. Wait for it. See if this lets off any red flags. Okay, yep. I know you're a man, so it's, it's you're a bit hard to see a red flag. Okay. Evelyn told her husband that he could not move into the apartment where she resided with her mother and daughter because there simply wasn't enough room for him. Oh. Well, not with all the other dudes she was fucking. <laughs> <laughs> there were ten in the bed. <laughs> I would let you sleep on the couch, but that's where I fuck my visitors. <coughs> he eventually convinced Evelyn that they should move in together. Just to protect your friend's identity, there's the hat. Yes. Yes. That kind of hat. Yes. That kind of hat. So not that yes. specific one. Well, no, good. My, well, you know, my hat is different. It's my hat. Not anymore. It's not. Now it belongs to the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> belongs to the ocean. Quite oh. possible. Do you know right now we've got a listener somewhere in Japan who's just like going, "Oh, maybe I can buy this hat." <laughs> oh my god! You know what? Thank God this is going out later because my bins are getting picked up at like six a.m. tomorrow morning. So if someone's super keen listening to it tonight at midnight when we put it out, you've got six hours. Start the Mission Impossible theme. This this episode will go out about midnight. (laughs) So he finally convinced her to come and move in with him. Uh, Little did John Dick know that his wife had bought the place or at least taken out a mortgage that they moved into. But the name was in her name alone. Smart move, dude. Smart move. Three months after they tied the knot and her shagging other (laughs) boyfriends, John decided he wasn't dicking around anymore and moved out. Oh, take that. Literally. Three months in and began lodging at his cousin's house. John went to Evelyn's father to plead for him to make his daughter a more conventional wife. Oh, those were the days. Fuck off, dude. How do you do that? Install new firmware? (laughs) 
She needs a wife update. I am trying. <laughs> Plug her into the Wi-Fi. Yeah, we just oh, we'll reboot the new system. She's not a fucking fembot, mate. <laughs> if some dude had gone to like my dad now, bless his soul. Yeah. If some fuckhead had gone to my dad to be like, yeah, make her more of a like twenties housewife. She needs to be more wifely and do her wifely duties. My dad would kick him so far up the balls they would come out the back of his head. I'm just imagining the version of My Fair Lady where we can teach her to shit in an handkerchief, not an hat. Just you wait, Henry Shatton's just you wait. Proper little silken pocket square. Not a big old pirate hat no more. Just you let him know. I came here. I shat in a carriage. You let him know. I rocked up in that carriage and I shat in it like a lady. It was an Uber and the fee is $50. <laughs> there is a cleaning fee. There is. So he went, he went to her father <laughs> to make her more... Wifely. <laughs> Donald McClendon, this is the only part of this story where I am going to be like, bravo, Donald McClain for anything. He told the train driver where to go. Okay. So. <laughs> Was it a specific location? <laughs> <laughs> or. <laughs> Left sideways, right up your arsehole. Yep. <laughs> John Dick told Donald McLean that Evelyn had told him in the brief couple of moments in the beginning when they were married and not yelling at each other and she didn't disgust him, that her father had been taking money from the railroad. Oh. So John Dick threatened the crazy old bastard, threatened Evelyn's father that if he didn't make his daughter a dutiful wife... He would go to the police and tell them that he had been stealing from the railways. Oh, great criminal mastermind, this one. Donald told John he was going to kill him. Yeah. (laughs) So John Dick quickly ran away and went to the police and told them that Dick had threatened to kill him. Didn't mention... Because he was trying to blackmail him. (laughs) Great fucking plan, mate. Genius. Lead on, fucking Rommel. Read on. (laughs) About, you know what? Just some white dude, seriously, for the amount of time they invest on reading stories about World War I and World War II, how can they be so fucking shit? At making plans and decisions. How? I don't know, maybe because you read about the Nazis and they lost. Yeah, that's true. About five months after John Dick's marriage to Evelyn, John Dick's cousin reported him missing to the police on March the 6th. A torso was found in the woods on March 16th, 1946, with two gunshot wounds to the chest. Okay. 
The head, arms and legs were all missing. And there was a large, deep cut across the abdomen. Where it looked like someone had tried to cut the abdomen in half, but had found it too difficult. So it just, <laughs> eh, give it up. A bit onerous. Yeah. Oh, God. Will this ever end? It was not like a turkey at Christmas. Oh, it smells like a pirate hat in here. <laughs> Will you ever let that go? No. The husband of the sister of John Dick ID'd his body. How? And confirmed it was Dick. How? How'd she confirm? Oh, yeah, I can tell him by the gunshot wounds to his chest. That's definitely him. He was born with that. He didn't have the gunshot wounds. Oh, oh, it's not John then. He definitely had two gunshot wounds to the chest. So, yeah, not even... I mean, I guess it was like the 20s. They were like, well, we can't have a woman IDing the body. So she had to send her husband in. How often had he seen his brother-in-law's naked torso? Yeah. Yeah. Gets cold in Canada. Yeah, this is true. I need a hug. This is true. Yeah. Just to get through the winter. Yeah. Or the summer. It's not gay if it's in Canada. No. <laughs> Evelyn. <laughs> that is the greatest bumper sticker ever, by the way. <laughs> oh my god, merch time! Yeah, we're bringing that out. <laughs> it's not because it's not gay if it's in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god, they will actually sound like hotcakes. Our two very proud Gana- Canadian gay listeners right now, are just like fuck you. <laughs> I'll show you how gay it is. Oh my god Is that another forest fire? No it's just some furious cock smoking (laughs) Prove you wrong podcaster Oh my god I'm so sorry Like don't burn down the forest Just to prove us wrong Please don't Oh my god We accept and love everyone Just enjoy yourselves Accept incels Yeah fuck Nazis Cock waffles Everyone in this fucking story Yeah People who judge people for shitting in hats. I didn't judge you. The police brought in Evelyn for questioning. <laughs> Crimi- she, what? Criminal mastermind that she is, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, just you wait. Oh, God, really? But she denied any knowledge of anything that had happened or not happened to the man, saying, and this is a direct quote from the police records, when asked, um, Sue... We found your husband's torso in the woods, eh? Was that a boot? To which she replied, Don't look at me! I don't know anything about it! Eh? Evelyn then started to tell a story about a mafia hitman. In Canada. <laughs> Oh, I suppose it's around the time of pro- oh no, it's the forties. So say if it was around the time of prohibition, maybe. See, you're quick to judge. That's because you know you're in that moment. All right, decisions have to be made. Look, I've just been confronted with a story of someone who I thought I knew shitting in a pirate hat. My, I'm at I'm at a state of heightened alert. My judge o meter is fucking off the scale right now. It was a crisis. I know it was a crisis. It was a cr- 
race as Chit and Simi tried like I'll drive so there was nowhere I couldn't make it to my car and even if I could there was nowhere to drive to where was I driving from now on I'm referring to this as the human missile crisis <sighs> you have no idea oh my god <laughs> Oh my god, it's best to just get onto your desk. <laughs> your poor fucking cat's watching all this through the window. What's mum doing? What's mum? Ah! Not that thing I once sniffed. Oh my god. Honestly, Toka was outside, and the worst thing is, I deliberately like crawled around the corner to make sure Toka wouldn't have to. And at just as in mid flow, Toka, the ever sweet, beautiful, innocent cat that she is, comes like, oh, oh, where's mummy? Where's mummy? Does my mummy need? And I'm like, don't look at me! Don't look at your mother! There you are, like the queen alien laying eggs. Oh, my God. Honestly, it was more like the scene where she gets out of the ship and grabs Bishop. (laughs) (laughs) And there's poor little Tocker under the grill. How much lettuce had you eaten? Oh, my God. All the lettuce. (laughs) Oh, my God. (coughs) And my upset tummy. I think that was the beginning of my upset tummy. Wow. Yeah. I think that was... Anyway. Yep. <laughs> don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. <sighs> Evelyn then started, she started telling the story about the mafia hitman, whom she claimed was most likely responsible for the murder of her husband. Right. Claiming one day, this is one of the very few days that they were living together in the house, one day a very fancy dressed Italian hitman. <laughs> I am an Italian man. <laughs> Who is also a hitman. <laughs> so many racial stereotypes. I'm sorry to all our Italian <laughs> listeners. We don't assume you're all in the mafia and you're all hitmen. No. Yeah. Unless you're in Canada. <laughs> so very fancy dressed Italian hitman kind of guy. These were kind of her words. Okay. Right? Italian hitman. Kind of guy, eh? And all the Canadian cops just standing around going, ooh. ooh. <laughs> oh, they come down from the hills this time of year. Oh, big hats. They're big hats. <laughs> Claiming that he just showed up at their home one day looking for Dick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Claiming that the man told her that he was going to, quote, fix her husband. Claiming that John Dick was dicking around with his wife. Oh, Police searched Evelyn's home as well as the McLean family home. And police found... What do you think they found? I'm guessing no evidence of an Italian man visiting. No olives, olive pips. Mm-hmm. No or garlic a, bread roasting in the oven. <laughs> no hair oil. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no stereotypes anywhere here, sir. <laughs> we looked for a very small woman just stirring a pot of tomato but couldn't find one <laughs> no sugo uh. oh my god I listened we could hear no opera <laughs> oh Sabia fuck the Italians are here uh. Uh. <clears throat> 
So what did they find in the house? Not an Italian, we've established. But they did find, just as incriminating, charred human bones. Okay, that, for the defence, not a good look. Small pieces of a burned Hamilton Street railway train operator's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> In the furnace. Oh, like the thing. As well as a bloody necktie. Oh, my God. Of a Hamilton Street railway train operator. There were also bullet holes in a pipe. (laughs) A revolver and cartridges that match the calibre found in John Dick's torso. Okay. Bloodied sores. And John Dick's bloodied shoes. Covered in his own blood. Okay. Wow. This wasn't even the most gruesome discovery, though. Please don't tell me they found his dick. Oh, my God, it's still out there today oh in the no. woods. <laughs> and if you go out on a full moon. <laughs> just around the tree. But they told me it's not gay in Canada. <laughs> it just shows up and tries to convince your, like, dad to make you become a better wife. Fuck off, chauvinistic dick. <laughs> oh, no, it's the, the ghost dick of the forest that tells me to be an observant wife. <laughs> oh, my God, the only Whoa. way... <laughs> Hell it is to like burn your bra. <laughs> like smudge it with sage. It's just a burning bra. Ah, screams <laughs> running from the forest. Oh. Say this prayer. Cook your own fucking dinner. <laughs> he shrivels away. I have my own income. <laughs> summer showers, summer growers, you are neither. Gone. Oh, my God. Or you just bring out an Italian. (laughs) The most gruesome discovery was found in the attic. In the attic, officers found a suitcase. Okay. In the suitcase, officers found a lump of concrete. Okay. To be fair, that could be evidence of an Italian. The Italians we Damn it. He left his luggage. Look at the backyard, it's just fully concreted. <laughs> There's a tire swan. It's <laughs> uh. an upturned fruit cart. <sighs> Within the concrete. We're such shit people. And in the concrete was the body of an infant child. Oh, Jesus. It was believed to be the body of poor baby Peter White. Oh, man. What the fuck? The baby that she said had she had given to the children's aid support for adoption. This got dark real quick. Evelyn. Oh, that's the concrete. Evelyn was charged for both the murder of John Dick and her baby, Peter White. Oh, man. Evelyn changed her story again. Okay. 
To be honest, she would end up making about several different stories about what happened. In one, she claimed that her lover, Bill Berserk, was jealous and wanted her all to himself, you know, and her other 50-odd lovers around town. Yeah. So with the help of her father, had killed John Dick and her baby. Right. Bill Berserk and Donald McLean, that's the father, were now also charged with murder. Evelyn and Bill were charged with infanticide and Donald McLean was charged with murder and was also charged for the theft for his crimes of stealing thousands of dollars from the railway station. Police discovered during their investigation that Evelyn had borrowed a car from one of her lovers. Oh. And had returned it to him. What do you, how do you think she returned it? Clean, pristine. Full tank of petrol. Some flowers. Yeah, correct tyre pressures. Covered in blood. Blood covered the front seat. The seat covers were missing and there was a bag with bloody clothing in the boot. Well, you know, you get your period, sometimes it's a crisis. The owner found out when he came out to his car and found it a bloody mess. But it's all right because Evelyn left him a note. Fucking hell of a note. He had to like... (laughs) Saying that her daughter Heather had just cut herself and had made the mess, so don't worry about it. Unless she had cut her head off. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Police took a sample from the blood, which proved to be John Dick's blood type. Yeah. <gasps> Shocking. Who knew? Who knew? Evelyn, it's going to shock you, changed her story again. No. I know. Claiming that, guess who's back? Shady. The Italian hitman. Oh, of course. He had, in fact, called her and told her that John had made a girl pregnant. Don't. And that he was going to give him what was coming to him. Right. I think he's already given what was coming to him. He then told her to meet him by the edge of the woods. Okay. And bring a car. Yeah, bring a car and your blood. I'm just saying, like, I know some people are not very good at saying no. Yeah. But if a hitman phones you and asks to meet you at a deserted location, then bring a car. Yeah. Because, you know, gas, there's no point in both of us driving out no, there. No, like, of it's just not. a white thing of the planet. Yeah. You could, you know. Just not show up. Yeah. Can you bring a shovel and a a basic idea of your dimensions? Yeah. Could you maybe just pre-draw some lines on what you think would be the easiest cut bit? (sighs) So she did. She showed up. She borrowed the car and met the Italian hitman mafia type man in the woods. When she pulled up, he had a bloodied sack. (gasps) Torso size. Right. She said she couldn't see what was in it, but he told her it was part of her husband. (laughs) 
You see this? This is totally... This is your husband. Now drive us to the laundromat. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, and the Italian type mafia hitman type man yeah. told her to drive them to the dumping site so he could dump her husband's torso. Infallible. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, the police decided to bring in psychiatrists. Who assessed El- Evelyn and evaluated her to be of limited to below normal intelligence, and her mental capacity fell below that of a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, she still managed to fuck a house out of someone. Evelyn's mother, Alexandra McLean, told the police the day after the baby had been found in the attic, she spilled her bleeds to the police in exchange for exemption. <sighs> That she had totally seen her husband just the day before the police arrived with the open suitcase in the attic. And that he had screamed at her to get out and chased her out of the attic. (laughs) For immunity, you say. (laughs) In October of 1946, Dick would have his day in court. Well, in this case, nine days in court. Again, Evelyn was one of the star witnesses testifying against everybody else. Alexandra, that's the mother, claims that Evelyn was out most of the day on the 6th, which was the last day that Mr. Dick had been seen. Her mother claimed that two days later she asked what was the deal with the Dick, (laughs) to which she claims her daughter simply said that he wouldn't be coming around anymore. Oh, she could have totally said it like a mafia hitman, though. <laughs> We're not going to be seeing him no more. Yeah, see? Yeah, see, see? see? Yeah. yeah. Ellen also testified that Donald McLean owned the type of gun used to shoot Dick. The pathologist... Oh, this is one of the... Gr- I want to write a comic book series... With this man as the hero, he has the most amazing comic book name. And remember, he is the state pathologist. Okay. All right? Guess what his name is? Uh, Dr. Clues and Footprints. Dr. Deadman. Oh, wow. Okay. Dr. William Deadman. Copyright. Wow. Bill Deadman. Yeah. He testified that he believed the two bullets to the chest would not have killed the man. He believed the suspect was probably killed with a gunshot to the head, but he couldn't prove it as there was no traces of the head left. Okay. The pathologist testified that the torso was too big to fit into the opening of the furnace at the McLean household and that it looked like someone had attempted to cut the torso into but had abandoned the effort. (laughs) When, when reaching the difficult bits. Yeah. <laughs> it took less than two hours for the jury to find Evelyn guilty. And the judge sentenced her to hang. Oh, wow. Evelyn had refused to testify against her lover, Bill Berserk. And so he walked away free. 
Evelyn's father was found guilty of being an accessory to murder and was sentenced to five years in prison. He also received his... Okay, so there, there's a human being and a baby dead. Okay. Okay. He had a keen part in it. Five years in prison. Pretty good value. Stole some nickels from a company. Okay. Ten years in prison. Wow. That's your justice system. Evelyn's case was taken over by a new lawyer who demanded a new trial. In this new trial, Evelyn's defense centered around her father, Donald McLean, being the killer. Evelyn would come to court every day with at least one magazine and was known to read them during the trial. Her favourite were the romantic love stories. Oh, you fucking simpleton. In the second trial, the jury found her not guilty of murdering John Dick and she was acquitted of the charge. However... (laughs) The jury found her guilty of the manslaughter of baby Peter and the judge sentenced Evelyn to life imprisonment. Good. But she wasn't going to hang. But, okay, so, oh my God. So I'm not saying that some media sites exploit a situation. So obviously this was a huge story in Canada. Of course, yeah. Because of course it was... Shall we say helped by the fact that Evelyn was a very attractive young woman. Okay. Like so she was a she was a hottie. So scandal. You know, if she was a fugly with a hump, yeah. no one cares. Poke no. her with a stick, move on. No headlines for Fuggo, no. But she's a hottie who put out. Uh, Everyone was interested yeah. in a hottie who put out. Yeah. Okay. So some news reporters, let's just say some people were more pro-Evelyn than others. So this is from the Toronto Star newspaper. This is while the jury was deliberating in her case. Obviously not wanting trying to be biased or try to manipulate the people at home. So they went round and took a photo of her challenged daughter. Oh, okay. That is a picture of her daughter... On her knees, praying in front of a photo of her mother for her mother to be released. <sighs> that is exceptional propaganda. <sighs> wow, that is like the Canadian version of the Iwo Jima flag. Yeah. Right, except it's a boner. Like that. So if I get her off, she'll fuck me. Yeah. Oh. Like that is so. <sighs> yeah, that might just prejudice a jury. Yeah. 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 So they let her off for the murder, <laughs> but guilty for the death of baby Peter. Yeah. But after serving 11 years in the Kingston, Penitenti- Kingston Penitentiary, yeah. Evelyn received a royal prerogative of mercy in 1985, which is a pardon that can be awarded for exceptional cases of substantial injustice or undue hardship. Right. So what that is, so after the 11 years, sorry, after 11 years, she was released. And then in 1985, she received the royal pardon. So basically what that says is, oh, look, we're very sorry. 
and it completely erases all record of the crime. Right. Some suggest it was because Evelyn was an abused victim with limited intellectual capability, manipulated by others around her her entire life. Others claim it was because of the names she held in her little black book. Oh, really? So in 85, she was pardoned and her file permanently sealed. Yep. She was given a new name and disappeared into obscurity. In 1989, the case inspired a Canadian play (laughs) called How Could You, Mrs. Dick? Really? Mm -hmm. How Could You, Mrs. Dick? That's amazing. (laughs) In 2002... Should have called it Dick Move. Oh, yes. Yeah. In 2002, a Canadian TV drama called... Torso, the Evelyn Dick story was produced. <laughs> oh, wait for it. They're not great at naming things, are they? Oh, wait for it. What does everything that we cover seem to end up as? Dead. In 2005, it was turned into a musical <laughs> called Black Widow. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... In 2014, so everybody knows of this case in and around the Hamilton area. Okay, like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a rich part of their history. It's li- I mean, it's literally the only thing that's happened in Hamilton. <laughs> so in 24, and that's not a bad thing. No. You know, considering what happened, what's enough, eh? We're not going to judge. We're from Adelaide. Some shit's happened here. Uh, yeah. In 2014, a Hamilton artist... Sold T-shirts, tote bags, and stuff inspired by the Dick story at Supercrawl, a music festival that's held in Hamilton. The items displayed the following slogans. The fastest way to a man's heart is through his torso. (laughs) And... Love you to pieces. Oh, God. Even their puns are shit. Whilst most people saw the humour in the T-shirts and tote bags... Yeah. Not everyone was on board. A men's right group... Of course. ...based in Toronto called... The Canadian Association for Equality. And by equality for everyone, they mean... White men. Yeah. They were outraged, <laughs> claiming that the merchandise glorified violence against men. <gasps> Outrageous. Did they summon the ghost of the severed dick in the forest and <laughs> have him join their cause? Oh, that's not cool at all. These women should be home being good wives, doing wifely duties. I think it might have led the parade, to be honest. (laughs) What do we want? (laughs) Rights removed for women. (laughs) When do we want them? 1950. (laughs) Where do we want them? Back in the kitchen. Oh, my God. So, you know, if you're making a men's right group angry, you're doing it right. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. 
So, and she just went off into obscurity and no one ever heard from her again. She changed her name. No one heard from her. She never attempted to sell a story. No one ever tracked her down. There you go. Yeah. So that's the story of Evelyn Dick. That's fucking bizarre. One of Canada's most notorious crimes. So the question is, if a dick dies in the forest and nobody hears it, does who dick? I got nothing. But how do you summon it? Yeah. That's what I want to know. <laughs> you just go out there and read Andrew Tate's prison poems. Oh, oh my God. I don't like being locked up. I feel like a woman should be. Don't you just walk around it. I am an alpha. I am an alpha. <laughs> Dude, there's 10 of you. You can't all be the alpha. <laughs> By the own design of your own shit plan, 99% of you are the beta. It's pretty funny, though. Like the, the whole basis of alpha behavior seems to be not getting laid and taking extraordinarily good care of your beard. <laughs> that's that's all you got to do. I've never seen a wolf in the wild just straightening your beard. Look at that. Well, there's nothing else to do with your hand. <laughs> Got to keep it occupied. Oh, or it's straight. Oh, 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 oh. Down, boy, down. <laughs> As a little severed dick pops up like an angel on their shoulder. You should get on, the, on, on tell that strange woman on the internet that you've never met that she's fat. <laughs> and then show her a picture of me. Oh, my God, men's behaviour explained in the wild. Yeah. Oh, so, there we go. I don't I don't think any dick was the winner in this story. Dicks rarely do win. Mm. Yeah. Well, just ask the men's right group of Toronto. <laughs> when will the oppression against the white man of Toronto ever end? <laughs> when, with our laws and our policy, when will we stop shitting in the hat of the white man? When? When? <sighs> Sorry, a little penis just got into my ear then. Yes, it did. Yeah. Oh, my God. But you know what? Fuck incels. Fuck dicks, little dicks in the wood telling you to tell women to get back in the kitchen. Look for a mothman. Yeah. Real mothman eat the kid carpet. The kitten? <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. My tummy's still I'm very sweaty. <laughs> I keep having flashbacks to that night. I'm very upset. Hide the hats, Lou. <laughs> and there's no no in necrophilia. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas as well. Pirate hat? I made it myself. <laughs> Just washed once? Washed? Oh, God. The ants will do the work. You know, you can tell people, oh, you won't believe what the secret ingredient is in my chili. Oh, Vegan poop. I'll be out of business in a week. Yeah. Let's end this madness. <laughs> <laughs>